RTL Original Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Luxembourg History Podcast, brought to you by RTL Today. My name's Tom Tutton and I'm your host for our second series. Today, in the second episode of our double header on Gustave Simon, we're going to try to shed new light on the mysterious death of the Nazi Gauleiter of Luxembourg. Now, in case you missed it, last week we investigated the remarkable tale of Captain Hans Alexander, a Jewish refugee from Berlin in the service of the British Army, and his hunt through occupied Germany in December 1945 for the hidden war criminal Gustave Simon. Today, we conclude this fascinating story with a deeper look at Captain Alexander's role in Simon's alleged suicide in a German prison. Once again, a special thanks must go to Thomas Harding, whose book Hans and Rudolf is highly recommended. So having uncovered and delivered Gustav Simon, the Nazi Gauleiter of Luxembourg from 1940 to 1944, to a prison in the German town of Paderborn on the night of December 10th, 1945, Captain Hans Alexander returned to his base camp at the liberated concentration camp in Belsan. This wouldn't be his last involvement with Simon, however. As he admitted years later in an interview, Alexander wanted to hand him over to the Luxembourgers himself, partly because he hadn't been to Luxembourg and he wanted to see it. He actually went on to describe Luxembourg as a lovely little town, a miniature of everything. Alexander's commanding officers were happy for him to take the prisoner to Luxembourg, and detailed orders arrived on December the 18th. Captain Alexander and his driver, accompanied by two Luxembourgish officers, were to pick up Gustav Simon and another captive, Richard Hengst, the Oberbürgermeister of Luxembourg City from 1942 to 1943. They would stay overnight in Bonn before delivering the two prisoners to the Luxembourg authorities the next morning. Now two fragments from Alexander's orders are of particular interest. The first shows that the depth of vengeful feelings in the restored Grand Duchy was well recognised by the British officers, who suggested that as the hostility of the Luxembourg population to Simon is very strong, it will be advisable that the prisoners be not seen in the car or in the streets to avoid any trouble. The second fragment was even more ominous. Alexander was given responsibility for handling anti-suicidal instructions for the prisoners during the planned stopover in Bonn. Unfortunately, it was too little too late. The official record of what happened next comes directly from Captain Alexander's report, filed on his return to Belsen in January 1946. On December 19th, Alexander and his driver set off from the British Army of the Rhine headquarters in Bad Oeynhausen with Captain Leon Müller of the Luxembourg War Crimes Bureau. They had already picked up the first prisoner, Hengst, and now, I quote, proceeded to Paderborn with the intention of collecting Gustave Simon, but on arrival were informed by the public safety officer of the military government detachment at Paderborn that Simon had hung himself on 18 December 1945, whilst in the Paderborn police prison. So Gauleiter Simon was dead. He had apparently made an earlier attempt to commit suicide on December 11th, but had now succeeded on his second try. Alexander's report continues, I was informed that Simon hung himself between 11.45 and 12.15 hours on 18th December 1945. A piece of rope, made out of the canvas covering on his bed, was used, and Simon hung himself on the bedpost of his double bunk bed. The prison had taken all necessary precautions against any such attempt and his braces and boots, etc. had been removed. In addition, after the first attempt, the guard was doubled. Now with a dead body in tow... Captain Alexander decided that he would proceed with his mission regardless. 
as he later remembered in a 2003 interview, Mr. Simon had decided to hang himself the night before in his cell. So I couldn't care less, dead or alive, I picked him up, put him on the back of the luggage rack in my car, and then put a blanket round him, a bit of string, and off we went. Captain Alexander and his colleagues immediately drove with Simon's body and arrived at the Luxembourgish border at Eschternach, where it was handed over to the Ministry of Justice, Victor Bodson. So goes the official version. Common legend in Luxembourg, however, tells a completely different story. Now, no one questions that Captain Alexander had driven Gustave Simon from Paderborn to Luxembourg, but older generations of Luxembourgers are apparently adamant that the tale of Gauleiter Simon's suicide was in fact a cover-up. In reality, they suggest, Simon was killed in Luxembourg on his way back from Paderborn, with Captain Alexander present at the scene. Folk stories have traditionally pointed towards the Grunewald forest between Dommeldange and Junglinster as the site of the assassination of the former Gauleiter. But the question remains, who would have been responsible for this killing? The conspiracy theory surrounding Gustave Simon's death comes in two different versions. In the first, Simon was killed by Luxembourgish partisans as revenge for his terrible crimes. The second, perhaps more sinister story, suggests that he was murdered by Nazi collaborators who did not want him to reveal their secrets in a public trial after the war. In the 2004 film Heimint's Reich, a documentary about Luxembourg's experience under Nazi occupation, Alois Schiltz, a celebrated resistance fighter and national hero, alleged that someone had in fact been paid to assassinate the Gauleiter before he returned to Luxembourg. Did Gustav Simon really commit suicide in a Paderborn prison? And if not, what was the role of Captain Alexander in his death in Luxembourg? To find out more, I interviewed author Thomas Harding, Alexander's great-nephew. Harding is suspicious of the official account of Simon's death, which he believes is full of holes. As he remarked in his book, how could a man who was 1.6 metres high possibly hang himself from a bedpost that was 1.4 metres high? Furthermore, as noted by Alexander in his official report, Simon was being closely watched after a previous attempt at suicide. Harding says, The guy was on suicide watch. There are at least two people looking out for him. To strangle yourself takes a long time. It's not a momentary thing. So it doesn't add up for me. Even more suspicious is the fact that no death certificate for Simon was issued until February 1946. This, argues Harding, is ridiculous. To have one two months later, Harding says, seems like someone said, we need a death certificate. That, in itself, to me, looks like a cover-up. If Gustave Simon did not then commit suicide in a Paderborn prison, who did kill him? I don't think it would be collaborators, says Harding. Hans wouldn't have helped them. A collaborator is not just a collaborator. We're talking about Nazis. Harding believes this theory to be highly, highly unlikely. If Gustave Simon was killed, then it must have been by the Patriots, the Partisans, the Anti-Nazis, the Resistance. I ask Harding why partisans would have killed Simon. Would they not have preferred to hear his potentially damning testimony against Luxembourg's wartime collaborators? He responds, These people are so angry. It happened all the time. Nuremberg had literally just started. There's no guarantee anyone's going to actually face justice properly. Every indication, he continues, was that the Allies are more interested in Russia and worried about Russia. All these rocket scientists and other former Nazis were finding new lives in America. There's no guarantee that these people would face justice. And people are incandescent. Gustave Simon wasn't just the leader, he was very well known. 
His name was associated with Nazis in Luxembourg, the occupation, the treatment of Jews. Now what evidence is there to back any of these stories up? The evidence that have survived to this day surrounding the death of Gustave Simon is inconclusive, but there is surprisingly little proof of the official story. From Paderborn, the only record of Simon's suicide comes from the official report of Captain Alexander, filed in early January, allowing for the possibility of a cover-up. Furthermore, there is a highly suspicious contradiction between different accounts of where exactly Alexander handed over Simon's body. Alexander's report, as mentioned above, states that it was handed over to Victor Bodson, Luxembourg's Ministry of Justice, at the border in Eschternach. On the Luxembourg side, however, we have a certificate from Bodson confirming that Captain Alexander delivered into the jail of Luxembourg City the dead body of Gustave Simon, former Gauleiter of Luxembourg, on the 19th of December 1945. Another particularly interesting document that has survived is a letter from the 22nd of December 1945, from Judge Leon Hams, the Luxembourg representative of the War Crimes Commission, addressed to the public safety officer in Paderborn who allegedly reported the suicide to Alexander. Hammers writes, As Simon can be considered as the major war criminal who operated in Luxembourg, we should be most grateful to receive from you an official statement of his death and if possible a copy of the inquest if there has been any. As far as we know, Hammers never received any letter in return from this public safety officer whose identity I was unable to uncover. Simon's murder at the hands of Luxembourgish partisans, then, is certainly plausible. But why has it remained a fringe story, a tale repeated by older generations without ever receiving official recognition? Well, it was commonly believed that Simon's killers swore an oath of secrecy to protect their reputations, and that Captain Alexander made up the Paderborn suicide story to cover up the murder. Thomas Harding's recollections of his great-uncle bolster this account. He was a teller of tales, a larger-than-life character, but he never spoke of his wartime experiences. Harding continues, I think he was embarrassed about it, and one of the things he was really cut up about was this Gustave Simon thing. They made a commitment, all these guys did, not to change the official story. Such an oath of secrecy would also help to resolve why, in interviews Alexander gave to family members 50 years after the events, he still remained faithful to the official story even claiming that he did not care whether Simon was dead or alive at Paderborn prison. He did not keep totally silent, however. Harding says that Alexander actually hinted to more than one family member that he was involved in Simon's murder. In the notes to his book Hans and Rudolf, Harding describes one of Alexander's nephews as having been left with the impression that Gustav Simon was not dead when he picked him up at the prison. The nephew is quoted as believing in the partisan story, that Simon was killed in the woods and that Hans then issued the other story to make it all kosher. Is this his final verdict then? Does Harding believe that Captain Alexander participated in and covered up the death of Gustave Simon? He points out that there is no definite proof, but he thinks that it is more likely than not that he was part of an extrajudicial murder. To investigate the story of the partisan killing further, I corresponded via email with historian Paul Dostert, the former head of the history section of Luxembourg's National Academy, the Grand Ducal Institute. Dostert admits that he has heard a whole range of different accounts of Simon's alleged murder, but suggests there are big arguments that speak in favour of a suicide. Furthermore, he questions the presence of Richard Hengst, the second prisoner in the car, and Captain Leon Muller, both of whom would have witnessed any murder of Simon. All these people never spoke about an assassination, writes Dostert. 
and Dostat provides a further nugget of information to explain why the suspicious circumstances surrounding Seymour's death were not further investigated at the time. He writes, There was no autopsy made after Seymour's death. At the time, nobody was interested in an autopsy, and at the same time General Patton, that's the legendary American World War II hero, dies and was then buried in Luxembourg. People were more interested in Patton than in Seymour. What does he make of the partisan story then? Dostert writes, I still believe that there was no need to kill the Gauleiter, as he had killed himself when he saw no way out after being arrested by Captain Alexander. On the 20th of December 1945, having either brought Gustav Simon's body from Paderborn or allowed him to be killed en route, Captain Hans Alexander gave a press conference in fluent German in Luxembourg. He recounted the story of his search for Simon and regretted that he had been unable to bring the Gauleiter back to Luxembourg alive to face justice. His words were reported on the following day in the Escher Tageblatt. As he later recounted, Alexander made the most of his time in the Grand Duchy, celebrating his successful capture of Simon. They entertained us well, he told his nephew in an interview. We were saluted everywhere. Not only this, but Alexander even had a conversation with Grand Duchess Charlotte herself. She apparently thanked him for his work and allegedly told him not to get involved in politics because there are two sides to every story. This was a reference to the tensions between the Luxembourgers who had fled with her during the war and those who had stayed under Nazi rule. Alexander's efforts did not go unrecognised by the Luxembourgish authorities. On the 9th of January 1946, Judge Hams sent a letter to Minister of Justice Bodson arguing that given Alexander's hard work and humility, it would be just and appropriate to mark the services rendered to the Grand Duchy by this officer with a conferral of the National Order of the Oak Crown. Harding states that the Luxembourg government did in fact decide to award him the honour in 1949, but it was denied by the British, who ruled that only services rendered during the war could be recognised by foreign countries. And sadly, Alexander himself was never informed about his award. Hans Alexander eventually died in December 2006. His involvement in the capture of both Gustav Simon and Rudolf Huss, the commandant of Auschwitz, remained largely a secret until the publication of Hans and Rudolf by Thomas Harding in 2013. Did he also cover up the murder of Gustav Simon? Well, the jury is still out on that one. That's all we've got for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Luxembourg History Podcast. Special thanks to Thomas Harding and Paul Dostert for this episode. Script adaptation and hosting by Thomas Tutton. Brought to you by RTL Today.